Most of us have experienced the weight of something physical on us that has made it hard to move and difficult to think. However, many of us even more have experienced a spiritual burden that is weighed down on us and weighed down on our spirit. This sermon is going to talk about what causes that and how we find relief in Christ. This sermon was originally recorded on a snowy day on February 24th, 2013 at Castle Rock Middle School. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, We're in the middle of a sermon series. We're in week number two out of five of a book called Soul Detox, and much of this is, um, some of the ideas, I should say, are taken from that book. I thought it was a really pretty good book um, done by Craig Grishel, is how you say his last name. He's a pastor in Oklahoma. So we're continuing on our our series here. How many of you have ever um, buried yourselves in sand? Has anyone ever, not yourself, have you had people do this? This seems like, if you grew up on the beach, this seems like a great idea. That was like one of the first things we went on spring break in college. I thought, this is awesome, because we never had enough sand in Wisconsin anywhere. Um, so, so we went at spring break, we thought this is great, so you dig this big pit and you put yourselves in there. Were you surprised how heavy that was? I always was. I thought like you'd just break free and then suddenly you're like, huh, I can't, I can't actually move. And then maybe you can like kind of snake your arm all the way up and break it out, break it out, and kind of dig yourselves out, and you can do that. There's that weight to it. Um, how many of you have had, had expressed like physically some kind of weight? My son now hopefully does not have marks on his chest from the weight of the weights, but you, you did a good job, Owen. Nice work. This happened one time, and here's a, if you recognize this picture, does anyone, has anyone used this product? Well, I worked at a lumber yard for uh, six summers. Six summers, or maybe even longer, six summers, because I went to seminary, so you, have, you go to school forever, you just want a job you can come back to, and, and it works out pretty well. One of the jobs I was working in in the winter was to put this insulation away, which seems like, hey, that's no big deal, because insulation's light, right? It is light. I mean, it's like cotton candy, and you're like, however, when you get it in one of these, uh, they call them rolls, these rolls go pretty long, they actually start to weigh some kind of substance, and they're like over 20 pounds, which isn't that much, right? So we're, we're agreed 20 pounds is not that much weight. However, they would shrink wrap these when they delivered them in the semis, so there would be eight of them, so there'd be four, 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 and four, and my friend was up on the high stack of it, which would be about like as high, higher than the lights, so he was pushing them down off the thing, and my job was just to like stand out of the way, but then I started to get macho, you know, and then like if they were out of place, I just hit them. Well, one was way out of place, and I thought, oh, I'm going to fix this. So as it's coming down to me, realize this is like 150 pounds, but it didn't, this didn't calculate in my head. So this square block is coming down from the sky, and I said, I'll just, I'll just spin it. I mean, I'll just push it in place. And as I pushed it, it was like the price is right wheel. All it did is spin. So it spun in this other corner, and I'm already in this position. I'm like, this isn't good, and just obliterated me. I mean, like I could hear my neck crunch, and I'm underneath. And you can imagine how embarrassing this is. My friends, of course, come to their rescue as they just laugh. Up on the top. They just thought this is the funniest thing as I'm crumpled under this. And they're like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. So I, I, I get out of there and pretended to be macho. My neck hurt probably, till, probably to this day. I probably broke something. And then it's, has this ever happened to you? Or if you've lifted weights even? No, this situation has not happened probably to anyone who ever watched an OSHA video. This has never happened to anyone. Most people know you don't. You don't go close. As if you've ever started lifting weights, this is especially a guy thing. Um, you want to bench press a lot, so then you, and you don't have spotters. Has this ever happened to you? And you get it, and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then suddenly, eh, eh. and you're kind of looking around the gym to see if anyone's looking. And then hopefully you, you, again, don't follow the rules, and you didn't put the clips on the end, so then you can just kind of tip this way and tip this way, and then, you know, with the bar up there and when no one's looking. Has anyone ever done it where the clips are on? 
oh yeah, I've done this more than once. And it just sits here and you have to do like this full body massage as you roll and hope no one's looking. You roll the whole weight all the way down like onto your thighs and then onto the bench and then you just step back. And if you've ever gone to a club and you've seen like the full long bar at the end of a bench, that's what happened. The guy could pretend he's doing some of these or something like that. That is not what happened. This guy was trying and just got crushed. Well, for some of us, that's, those are physical things. For some of us, though, it's a weight that's really hit our soul, and that's what we're talking about, the, the care of our soul. We talk about detoxing our bodies. We talk about taking care of our bodies. Really what we're talking about is, um, in this series, detoxing or trying to cleanse the, our spirit, our soul. Those are the same word that weighs down on us. The example we're going to look at last week, uh, we looked at last week, was talking about a restlessness inside of us. This will be a little bit similar, but say it at the same time a little bit different. So some of you are just kind of restless. That's kind of how you're wired. You're just a restless person. You're worried about future and things you've got to do, and you're just kind of wired, and you've got to keep moving. For some, though, they just start to feel, uh, for some of us, we just start to feel a weight when things start to add up, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. The main theme that we're talking about on the general series is uh, you are a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. And the big distinction in that, why is that a big deal? Because when you die, uh, your body is dead, but you live forever. And we need to be taking care of the thing of us that lives forever. You get a new body in heaven, but ultimately, you live forever, and it's just, are you going to be with God forever or not with God? But regardless, you live forever. So this is from King David, if you recognize it. We're going to come back to this verse in a little bit. We've got a lot of verses today. So why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Why are you troubled? Why are you bothered? Why are you weighed down, essentially, David is asking. And this may sound familiar or may not. Uh, I was looking at a video, uh, not a video, I mean an article. And the article expressed this. As a generation... As a whole, we suffer more minor depression, they think, than any other generation that's ever lived. That's what they speculate. Not major, like clinical depression. That's a major thing. But as a generation, we suffer like minor things. Which what we're talking about is not like um, one major thing that's really, really wrong. It's just things aren't just right. And this is where people struggle. There's just something just not right. And there's a weight to this. And across the, the land, they're saying, in the United States especially, there's this weight and this kind of depression of people that are feeling, I think, like, this is not a new concept, is it? They're disturbed. They're weighed down with something. So we're going to talk about, uh, here's how we're going to go. We're going to say there's a three, number of three causes, I think, that would affect us, and then some solutions as we talk about it through God. Uh, first one, which is probably not rocket science here, if it'll click... Um, hurts from the past. Think in your mind, would you fit into the category of someone who suffers from hurts from the past? You're not alone either. There's a prophet named Jeremiah. We're going to come back to this too, so we're going to look here. There's a prophet named Jeremiah, and he had like one of the worst jobs ever, I think. So if you want to be a prophet of God, it's hard enough. But God said, okay, all the people, the smart people, and all the, uh, everyone is going, and they got shipped off to Babylon. The temple is now destroyed, and Jeremiah's job was to stay back where everything was detro- uh, destroyed. And I use the example, and not to be in a hurtful way, like Detroit is being rebuilt now, but imagine when it was like just at its low point, and they said, this is where I want you to be pastor. You'd be like, oh, come on. How about the suburbs where people are happy and things are going okay? You know, how about something like that? Jeremiah is like in the ultimate of lows, and he even he's known as, do you know what his nickname is? The weeping prophet. What, 
What a lousy nickname. How would you feel like if you ever met someone and you're like, I am the weeping pastor? You're like, okay. Uh, that's, that's his job. So he's the weeping prophet. He writes a book that's known as Lamentations, which tells you this is not a real positive book. Um, so he's lamenting. But here he says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness in the gall. I well remember them. I should probably be will remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. What has happened to his soul now as he looks back, his spirit, when he looks back at all these things that have happened to him? It starts to put this weight on them. And I think there's people here that fit into that category. Maybe you said um, a spouse has betrayed you. And this is something that comes up. Maybe you had a job and you lost that job and you don't think that was really very fair. And you're like, this is something that weighs on me. Maybe it's something you said that you wish you never would have said. Maybe there was like an opportunity that you had and you said, you know what, I, if I was really thinking, I should, have, I should have done it. I should have just done that, but I didn't. Or an investment you were about to make and you decided not to make it. How many of you, just to be real transparent, we've only got like our smallest attendance ever because of the snow. I have to make sure that's specific. How many of you suffer from things from the past? A weight. I, I fit into that category. There's things that weigh out on me. And here's the trickiest part. It's just like what we talked about with that depression. It's not necessarily one really huge. Sometimes that can be the case. Something really bad happened, and this is something you're really, really struggling over. A lot of times it's just a cumulative effect of a lot of things. And I'll give you an example. Do you know what the atmospheric pressure is at sea level? Do you really? You're such a nerd, Dana. (laughs) For the record, I looked it up. But that's pretty impressive. It is 14.7 pounds per square inch, which would get, this is the idea of it. My dad explained this to me once. Air is not that heavy, just like insulation, right? And you're not saying, oh, the air is so heavy, unless you live in Wisconsin where it's like really wet or something. But you're, normally you're not like, oh, the air is so heavy. But 14.7 pounds is this idea. If you had a square inch and this column was shot all the way up to like outer space, the weight of that air in that one square inch spot would be 14.7 pounds. He was our guest speaker today. We called him in. Which, which, what are we saying is, like, collectively, 14 pounds probably isn't even that much. But you start to add up these square inches, and some person said, if you'd, like, lay out your body, that's the equivalent of, like, a small car on your body, which I don't quite fully understand that. That's probably why I can only jump six inches off the ground. I mean, that's what I'm telling myself. I mean, you, you put a car on your back, it's pretty hard to jump. But that's the same idea with these uh, hurts from the past, don't you think? Sometimes there's a big one, like you actually have this like, weight that it feels on, and sometimes it's just a cumulative effect of all kinds of things in the past that are weighing on you. Second thing that I think um, some of us will struggle with is not something necessarily in the past, but something that's going on right now. And you're saying to yourself, I, I didn't see that coming. You have like this five-year plan, and you're hoping I'm going to have meaning in my life, I'm going to be doing all these great things, and, and everything's, all our relationships are going to be perfect, and then suddenly you're like, you know what, this, is, this isn't good. This is not what I anticipated, and this is hurting me. Um, this is something that affected Job. So you know how Job's story, that he, he lost his family, his wife was not giving him good advice. You know, at one point she says, why don't you just curse God and die? I mean, that's, that's not really encouraging. I don't think you find that in Hallmark cards. Um, but So this is what his wife says to him. His friends are giving him terrible advice. And in the midst of this, Job says, but now trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged. It strikes you. You are dismayed. This is not something he's thinking about in the past, is it? 
He's thinking about something right now that he's trying to struggle with. And the last one you could guess what's coming that affects people. Anxiety about the future. This one I think is a little bit fascinating. Um, As a human being, you might be saying, do I have the funds to take care of my bills? I'm worried because of my kids. How are they going to turn out? And you have all these things about the future. Want to know something fascinating? Even our Savior felt the weight of this. Did you listen closely to our gospel today? This is Jesus talking. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he said to them, stay here and keep watching. My soul is overwhelmed. But what is weighing on our Savior? It's really a future event. It's something that has not yet happened, but he knows he is about to go in, in less than a day's time and feel the weight of our sin upon him and feel, um, as it says, uh, you're probably familiar with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, he says on the cross. Another translation says, my God, my God, where are you? And that's an accurate translation. God, where have you gone? And suddenly he feels the weight and the burden of our sin pulling him from God as he suffers hell. And how does this whole feel? How does his inner spirit feel? He feels this heavy weight. So if you fit into any one of these categories, and I think every one of us, if you're real honest with yourself, it'd say, okay, maybe it's not some big event, but cumulatively, things have weighed up on me. Something from the past, something going on right now, or something in the future. You don't have to live like that. I was up in Thornton as a vicar, and I'm not the master of computer. I'm kind of the transition generation. That's what I call it. I know what a computer should do. That doesn't mean I know how it does it, and I don't necessarily even know how to do it, but I know what it should do. Like, um, so Sally, who was our secretary, was a little bit older than I was, and she didn't quite fully know all the things a computer should do. So what we did is we'd send the bulletins out. You know how I do that once in a while? Or I'll send you an email to say, hey, we missed you in church. That's not to make you feel guilty. It's to say, as a pastor, hey, hopefully things are going well. Here's some info. Here's what's going on at church. Here's the sermon. I'll email it and things like that. We used to do the same thing. We'd put them in letters, and we'd have to print the envelopes. Now, this is a big church. This is a 300-member church, and it was coming on 400 after I left. So after I left, then it grew. I think that's awesome. So after I left, it grew, like, substantially, which is pretty exciting. But during this time, it was my job as the vicar. This is like an intern. My job was to get the whole list of member names, and then I would check off who was there and who was not there. That was my job. And I'd hand it to Sally, and like two hours later, two hours, she would come back with um, a printout of labels, and then I had to put them on the envelopes, stuff the, the bulletins inside, and send them off. That's a lot of labor involved, by the way. So if you just take that envelope and you just put it in the trash, you should feel guilty now. So anyway, I do this with Sally, and I thought to myself, what in the world does Sally do for two hours? So I went in there to see one time, and if you've ever used like a program like um, Outlook or anyone used like uh, Address on your, if you have a MacBook, so she would go, we had a special program, she would go open each file, so we had the whole list, she would go to like the Oldenburgs, she would click the Oldenburgs, go to like page three of her info, like after anniversary date and all this other stuff, and say, add to mailing printing. So she'd click that button, then she would exit out and go down the list again and do that with each person. Yeah. So I said, I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, Sally, I bet, I bet there's a way we could just kind of select from this screen. She's like, no. And I don't know, remember the button exactly, and now I'm a Mac guy, so it would be command, and you just clicked, and it literally took like four minutes, and we hit print, and she was just amazed. What is the point of this story? Sally did not have to spend two hours to do this, and if you're feeling like this weight, 
if you're feeling this burden that you have to carry all your troubles about the future or the current or the past, you, you don't have to live like that. So we're going to look at a couple of the passages that we looked at before. So this is um, King David talking, and he says, remember the passage. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? So who is he talking to right now? This is like a self-pump-up speech. Is this, do you ever do that to yourself? Come on, Jerry, let's go. Here we go. You know, sometimes there's guys like that. There's a guy who plays for the, the Green Bay Packers that he talks so much in the field, people are like, what is wrong with you? But it's a lot of self-talk. Essentially, this is what King David is doing. He's giving himself a spiritual pep talk. So he says, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. He's talking to his inner self. Why so disturbed within me? Now he's, he's kind of preaching to himself, which is an odd thing. Do you think about preaching to yourself? That's what he's doing. He's giving himself a sermon. He says, So put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, and then it ends, and my God. You probably never think of that. Usually you want comfort to come from the outside. But if you follow the example of King David, when you run into difficult situations, sometimes you have to preach to yourself. Sometimes you have to say to yourself, I need to find my hope in something besides myself. Even more fascinating, I think, is Jeremiah. Remember, he's in this difficult situation, and he's struggling, and he's in Jerusalem, and no one wants to listen to him. This is in Lamentations again. But the verse we want to highlight, remember, he says, he's remembering all these past things. My wandering and my bitterness and my gall. I will remember them. My soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Notice how he shifts gears. At this point, he's totally weighed down. He's thinking about all these troubles, and he now shifts gears. So there's something, I think, two things we take from Jeremiah. Number one is don't ignore the problems that are weighing down on you. Have you ever tried that? It's like if you have a dripping faucet or something, you're like, I'm just going to ignore it. Good luck. Then you go insane. So right, it's just like your troubles. And last week we talked about laying down all the things that are causing you stress and focusing on God, who he is, how he feels about you and his actions for you. This time, think about all the things that are causing you issues now, this weight, the things in the past that have bothered you. Just write them out. No one else has to see this. You can write them out. I'm saying don't ignore it. But instead of just focusing on those, he says, I remember, and I call this to mind so I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. This is slightly different. Last week we were talking about focusing. If you're just going to take a rest and find some calm, there is calm in knowing I've got the greatest God in the whole world. I've got a God who actually is the greatest God in the world and he cares about me. I've got the only God in the world, we should probably say, and he cares about me. And so much so, he doesn't, it's not just this feeling like some crush in school or something that says, I like that person. God actually does something about it. And God says, I'm sending a Savior God says, I'm making things right. So now, I think that gives you peace, doesn't it? When you're talking about stresses that are causing like in the past or in the present or something in the future, that helps. But at the same time, I think you should remember God's faithfulness to you in the past. And some of you even can think of that opportunity. You can think of the exact time when you thought of this burden of sin that was in your life and then suddenly you know the forgiveness of Jesus. Some of us, we were little kids and we just move up. But some of us, there, there's this weight that is of sin, and you know what it's like to know freedom in God. Some of you know what it's like to pray and say, God, this is, what I, this is crazy, but this is what I need, and then see God provide even more than it. If you've been a believer more than like 30 minutes, 
you know you've prayed for things and you see how God brings these blessings if you just look back in time. Remember God's faithfulness. But that's not the only thing. This is uh, King David. This is King David in Psalm 142, which he writes when he's hiding in a cave. Which, um, so when you're hiding in a cave next time, use this psalm. I mean, that's kind of my, this is like a how-to manual. He says, I pour out my complaint before him, talking about God. Before him I tell my trouble. Is that kind of an odd statement? When's the last time you had a complaint? Let me ask you that. At a business or something like that, have you ever gone through the trouble to like send an email? I got some new Eddie Bauer uh, corduroys. You probably recognize them because I, I only wear like three outfits total. And these are part of one of the outfits I wear. Right at the pockets on both seams, I have four holes, which I discovered yesterday. So I wore them yesterday. Hopefully no one noticed. So there's four holes that have developed. Now, it's not so bad. This is the second pair that have done the exact same thing. So I wore them actually to the last Eddie Bauer store. I said, hey, I've got this problem with holes in my pants. They said, here's a new pair. So I just swapped them out and I handed them off. This has happened again like in a month. So I don't know what I'm doing. If I'm doing like squats or something or I don't know what's happening. But somehow my pants are ripping. So I'm getting ready. My wife said, now it's time to send an email to corporate. So now I'm getting ready tomorrow. I'm going to send this off to Eddie Bauer. When is the last time you wrote a complaint? So I always thought I was a decent pastor. It's just you guys never complain. That's awesome. Okay, so do you ever think about it this way? Uh, God says, and this is King David saying, I lay out my complaint before God. He cries out to God with his problems. Do you ever find yourself doing that? Or do you always have kind of these perfect prayers that say, Dear Lord, you're the greatest of all time, even though inside you are so angry. Inside you feel so betrayed. Inside you feel so heavy and so crushed and so sad. Do you always on the outside say, God, everything's great and please help me? Or have you ever just laid it out and said, God, what is the deal? What is going on here? You've got a God who wants to listen to you. And I'm going to give you an example. One of my daughters uh, gave me a Valentine's card. This is this year. So, dear dad, this is homemade. Uh, Dear dad, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for being the best dad ever. I might just pin that right on my shirt. I should, that's what I should. Um, Thanks for being the best dad ever. You're understanding, kind, strong, and you'll always be there for me. I'm very blessed to have you as my dad. Words cannot describe how much I love and need you. That's the part that got me, you know? When you got a little girl who says, I need you, and you have a father in heaven that doesn't just say, I love you. You have a father in heaven that says, I want you to sit on my lap and tell me your problems. Would I ever turn any of my kids away if they sat on my lap and said, Dad, I just need you? No, I don't have time right now. Would I ever say that? Or would I just long to hear the troubles that they have and to be able to hold them in your arms and say, I am so sorry for what's going on. I will do whatever I can to make things right. You have got a God who controls the world. You've got a God who is already in tomorrow. You've got a God that says, come sit on my lap. Tell me what's your problem. Cry out to me. And I long to fix it. I don't know if your troubles and your weights are in the past And it's pretty serious stuff, it could be. I don't know if it's something going on right now or something in the future. But we have a God that says, remember what I've done for you in the past. I'm going to do it in the future. And come sit on my lap 
and tell me what's bothering you because I want to make things right. Amen.